welcome to week two of the New Look Punt Return podcast. Uh, I am Josh Wyatt, as always, joined by my co-host, Nick Splitter. Nick, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. It's, uh, it feels good to be back on the back on the bus again. Last week was a bit, I, I felt a bit, uh, I don't know, a bit nervous, a bit touchy. Been a bit a, rushed, a, too. Yeah. Like it snuck up on us. Like I just, well, we've been I away from it for so long and, you know, we've been away from it for so long and then all of a sudden it was like, shit, week one's here. Um, yeah. Better, better I, get I out. Just, our season preview done and just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I just thought for a long, long time that uh, the season like wasn't going ahead. So like my preparation was sort of very last minute. Um, yep. So I had to kind of rush. I also had my brother's uh, wedding on the weekend. So I was, you know, trying to uh, prep for a season preview podcast, prep for, you know, week one of the NFL and then also write a best man speech um, <laughs> all, all while managing a full-time job. Uh, so it's been a it's been a hectic week, but uh, week two is is awesome. So I've, I haven't been the only busy one, mate, because you've been flat chat on the old uh, on the old uh, brand representation. So I don't know if you've missed it last week. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. If you if you're joining us from last season, good to have you back. But uh, we've got a new logo thanks to uh, future NFL punter Dane Roy uh, for the logo. Fingers crossed. New- Fingers crossed. Yeah, new new personnel. Well, well, kinda. It's uh, still me and you, but just a, a little bit of a change up in the in the dynamic. New new Twitter handle as well. So at Punt Return Pod, and also uh, the Punt Return Podcast on Facebook now. So we were previously Woot and Wire. Uh, we still love you, Woot, um, but uh, unfortunately, due to career changes and things, it just wasn't just wasn't quite working out in terms of getting our calendars synced up and everything together. Um, so. Just didn't quite work, and uh, yeah, new home. So we're at uh, Sportscast Media and, and, and on Captivate. Uh, you can fill us in a little bit more on that. Yeah, well, yeah, like you said, Woot, sorry you're not here, but uh, you know, hopefully I can can fill your shoes honourably. But uh, if not, yeah, well, tough luck. I don't really care. It's both both Philly fans, so similar dynamic, similar uh, yearning for for glory since uh, yeah, since similar the heartbreak. Nick Foles days. <laughs> similar heartbreak. But, uh, yeah, similar love for for. Big Dick Nick. We can swear now because we're not affiliated with anyone, so we can swear if we yeah. want to. It's not a big deal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, the uh, the sportscaster media thing. It's it's fun. It's it's it's, um, it's been a bit of a ride the last few months. I said last week for for those who didn't listen, we kind of started sportscaster media early on in in the COVID pandemic panic, I guess, when uh, when everyone was kind of being stood down and and was kind of wondering what what they were going to do with their their futures and, and sports media and content and all that sort of stuff. So we, we started Sportscaster Media, uh, myself and, and Darren Parkin on, on SEN, uh, I guess as a bit of a, a content provider, really focusing on telling stories. It's something that, that wasn't necessarily about breaking news and, and that sort of stuff as I think a lot of a lot of media organisations and publications have, have turned into. So I thought we'd turn our hand to something a bit new and uh, here we are. Yeah, so if you are looking for the Punt Return podcast feed, just search Punt Return podcast in your podcast provider and also check out Sportscaster Media. Um, look, we give our tips and, and picks every week on here for free. We're not we're not touts or anything like that. We're not saying we're sharp or world beaters or anything. But if you do have success and, and fun following the show's picks and, and tips and, and following along, you know, please leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook or, uh, you know, hit that retweet button on Twitter and uh, – you know, we did pretty well last year. I think we were hovering around that 50, 58 to sixty percent win rate, um, yeah, especially you on, on long don't, shots. Uh, don't 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 sell yourself short and, and don't sell the short. Nah, short. We've, we've yeah. done pretty good over the journey. We've, yeah. we've done all right, and uh, yeah, we've done pretty know, well. And 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 we've had some pretty good feedback in the past. So you know, if uh, yeah. if if you do want 
want a bit of advice or just just some analysis, we'll you know we'll, we'll try and give that to you each week. Exactly. So yeah, look, we appreciate questions. Feel free to tweet or DM DM, DM us any mailbag questions you have. Um, but look, now that we've done the housekeeping, let's uh, let's get right into it. And and that's hopefully the last lot of housekeeping for the season. But I thought some people might not have tuned into the two hour season preview podcast. <laughs> um, but let's talk. Uh, you know, week one. Um, and what was your sort of biggest takeaway from week one, Nick? Well, there was a couple. I mean, there's there's a couple of things. The biggest one for me, and and I said last week in in our season preview that Saquon Barkley should be should be a perennial MVP contender. The talent that this that this guy has in his in his little toe, his turf toe, as you said, is uh, is enough to have him up there, you know, in, as the best player in the league every year. But he just for for one reason or another, I don't know if it's the giant curse, I don't know what it is, um, but th- there's something in. In the Giants at the moment, it's not working. Barkley's not working yet. We'll, we'll touch on it a bit later on when we, when we come to their game. But you know, 15, 15 or sixteen carries for for you know five or six yards or something. It's just uh, you know, big, it's big not... Ben outrushed him. <laughs> well, a, a few players outrushed him. A few players yeah, outrushed him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, I'll, I'll give him credit. I mean, the Steelers' front is unbelievable. Oh. Hundred like percent, and time. and you know he he kind of makes up for it because he's he's so versatile and he's able to attack you from from different angles. Yeah. I think he had he had, a, he he had, had six catches for sixty game, yeah. yeah six catches for sixty yards and, and you know he's he's always dangerous and he's always there. But I you know his number one job is to carry the ball and, and to to make that uh, defensive line accountable and and he's just not yep. you know, he didn't do it all last year and obviously the injury get that, get that play action going as well. Yeah, so look, that, that's a yep. big question, and the, the second one for me was what What did we learn from from the double TB Tampa Bay Tom Brady? What, what did we learn from that? I, you know, one week in, I don't know if there's a lot that we can take from it. It was fun to watch, but I'm not it's sure tough, how much we can. It's learn a tough. From it. It's a, as much as I, uh, I'd love to see you know the Patriots' success and the downfall of Tom Brady both occurring at the same time. Um, you know, well, sorry, New England's success without Tom Brady. Um, I have to give them a little bit of credit. That's a tough first ask to to, pl- to play the Saints, who are you know the first or second best team on pretty much everybody's power rankings, and a, a perennial, perennially good defense at the same time. So, um, you know, it's it's a tough tough ask, but at the same time, like Tom Brady has to get used to you know not going you know going into a game where he hasn't got the coach that's actually the most prepared. Like every single game of Tom Brady's career has been pretty much. He's gone in and his coach is a lot or way better prepared than every other coach. And, and everything's thought of, everything's planned for, everything's good. So this is a little bit different. You saw like fumbles on special teams, missed kicks and things like that. That rarely happens a lot in New England um, on a week-to-week basis. So that's something that's, you know, it's not a Tom Brady issue, but it's a it's kind of helped him in times where he's made mistakes. The Pats can sort of overcome it. It's, it's kind of a bigger sort of mountain to climb when you don't have Bill Belichick on your side, I think. Definitely, and and you spot on in terms of you know tough ask against the Saints first up. I think for yeah. for anyone facing the Saints at any point, that that's a tough ask. But especially for you know a new team uh, that's that's essentially pieces put together, you know, in, in the off season. Um, yeah. You know, it, it is a tough ask, and and as James said last week, for for any new listeners, James is our futures punter, our futures better. Um, you know, very rarely do we see these these kind of microwave teams put together being successful straight away. So, yep. you know, very, very tough ass to come up against the Saints who is, you know, they're, they're strong on every single line. So yeah. what about you? What, a... what, what were your two two takeaways? 
Yeah, um, and we'll get to the cupcake second game for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks in our week two preview. It's a much easier task. Um, for me, Seattle's aggressive play calling, um, is it here to stay for good? That's that's for me. And, you know, they were one of the worst teams, the most run-heavy teams on first and second down last season, and it was just unbelievably frustrating because it kept putting Russell Wilson in these third and long situations and it just wasn't utilising his talent and his ability. And this season we saw them come out really aggressive and they were second most pass heavy team on first and second down and they made Atlanta pay for it. So um, I don't know if it's, you know, was purely just matchup based because of Atlanta's secondary, whether they'll do that against the Pats, I'm not sure. But if it's here to stay for good, I think that's a big bump up um, for Seattle because that's kind of been a, a thorn in their side for me. So I'm very keen to see how that improves because I think um, with Jamal Adams, who looked unbelievable as well, just perfect fit. He's kind of Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor in one, it feels like. Um, it's a good fit. So that's mine. And then for me, it's, you know, who's the worst head coach in the NFL and, and why is it Matthew Patricia? I mean, he is he is awful. He is so bad. Matthew Edward effing Patricia. It's just it's just unbelievable how he loses these games and it just does my, and this time I wasn't even betting on, on the lines or anything like that. It was just watching them piss away that lead. It's just frustrating. Somebody free Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Well, I mean, first on, on that first point, you know, I, I really hope that aggressive play calling is here to stay. I really hope, you know, for anyone who, who loves Russell Wilson, uh, like I think most of us do and um, the, the way that he plays, it was just great to, to see him air out the ball and, and just, take the game on as, as much as he could because, you know, if anyone's on him for MVP, then that's that's a good sign for week one to, to see Russell yep. Wilson just just playing his natural, aggressive, I offensive. Mean, yeah, and if that if that stays for the whole year, he probably wins MVP. Like, yeah, absolutely. A very good chance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um, so. And so it's probably a good time to, to, to get on him this week before it happens again. Um, if, it, yeah, if it happens I mean, again. <laughs> if it happens again, if it happens again. Yeah. But look, yeah, I mean, the Lions, it's – it's become a bit of a, a running joke on, on our show. I mean, all through last year, we talked about Matthew Edward F and Patricia uh, and, yeah. and his uh, coaching ability. And it, I guess for, for me, it's come a, a bit of a surprise because, I mean, we know how highly rated he was coming out of the out of the Pats uh, coaching department. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a strange it's just one. Another, and, uh, just another former New England coach that can't succeed outside of the old Belichick right. system and set up. And it really, I mean, it, it, it shows, doesn't it? It really shows yeah, it just how good yeah. Darth Vader is at this yeah. game. <laughs> he is. <laughs> All right, let's let's um, let's move on to listen to questions. And uh, this is from at Luke Charles, um, a uh, frontline worker in the middle of a pandemic. So shout out to Luke because uh, I know he's doing great things. Big Broncos fan. Uh, which teams revealed their true selves? Um, and which seasons will look very different once all's said and done? Oh, man. It's too early to call, I think. Um, yeah, that's that's a tough one for me. Um, I think maybe the Browns potentially revealed their true selves. I really <laughs> thought the changes on O-line were maybe Baker Mayfield just ain't it. I don't know. It's, it's early. I, I just don't know how long. I feel like he's kind of in that Mariota sort of mold now where we keep hanging on and keep hanging on and keep hanging on, and maybe it was just kind of lightning in a bottle in the rookie season. So, yeah, I don't know. The Packers as well were unbelievable, but I want to see it more sustained as, as we go on. So it's a tough, that's a tough question. I feel like maybe after week two, that's probably a better 
chance to revisit that one. I don't know, but I don't know if you thought about answering this question or not. I yeah, I, I did. I had I thought about this long and hard actually because it, it is a really tough one after after one week. That the true selves, mm. I think, is the hardest the hardest one to answer. Whereas the which seasons will yeah. look very different, I think, is a lot easier to to kind of look at. But the yeah. true selves, you know, I think the the, the Pats maybe maybe they came out and that's how they're going to perform this year. That yeah. it's still going to be a strong, you know, d- defensive minded team. And, and yeah, I was really and do enough with, on offense. Yeah. I was really impressed with, with what Cam was able to do in week one. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, maybe they're better. Like I, I think we spoke about them. We all said that they're going to take a step up this season and, and maybe, yeah. maybe that's even more than we all anticipated. Maybe. Yeah. I, th- I think the Steelers is a good one. Like they just need, like for me, I've expected them to be an unbelievable defense, and they just need Big Ben to be league mm. average. And I think he was, and he was a bit rusty, but he, you know, had a good second half. So I think that's kind of what I expected. So that's definitely one. Um, as for someone whose season may look different, I, I, I don't know. Maybe the Titans. I know they won, but. I wasn't thoroughly impressed with their performance, they, but they weren't impressive. But I mean, I, I kept coming back to our two teams as to, to yeah. look very different. I mean, yeah, I'm mean, yeah. more specifically because I think the Colts, the Colts are much yeah. better than what they put up in week one. And yeah, we'll touch on that. We'll touch on that later. And, and I kind of put that down to just you know, yeah. week one rust upset. There's yeah. always a couple of upsets. That, yeah, there always is. Uh, and, next and question. The Eagles, next question. You know, well, yeah, I guess the Eagles. You know, I hope. Hopefully, our season looks seventeen nil. Yeah, I yeah. just injuries, just injuries there. Mm. Um, this is from AJ Mithen. How soft were the offensive PI calls against AJ Green and Michael Gallup? Arguably, cost Dallas a game. Definitely cost Cincy a win. Um, as a Cincy money line and plus three better last week, I was absolutely filthy at the AJ Green call. But I think the Michael Gallup call was worse. Surprisingly. Mm. Um, AJ Green, I, like it was a push off, but God, we've seen that called as fine all the time. And as yeah, that was it's just I don't know. Like I kind of like that the, the the refs might be giving the DBs a chance now to actually because it's just been such an offensive based league and corners mm. have had it rough for the last five six years now that it's just been out. You know these DPI calls are kind of like nine to one ratio now. <laughs> Maybe they're going to start calling some back. Um, but some of these ridiculous ones, I don't know if it's kind of like we've seen this early where they've called a whole heap of penalties in the first. So they focused on one or two rules. Maybe it's at the directive of the NFL. They've called them really harshly the first couple of weeks just so that players are aware of it. And then they start to to wind it down as players start to rein it in a little bit. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it, it definitely costs the Pengals to win. And I think. Yeah, Dallas potentially. And, you know, when you look at seeding in the NFC, I, you know, I had Dallas as one seed and I think they needed mm. probably to win that game. So, it's yeah, definitely that's, a, it's rough. A big loss. A big loss for Dallas. They were, I mean, they were both really soft calls. They're, like you yeah. said, they're probably there. When you look at the letter of the law, they're probably there. But, yeah, really soft. And, and yeah, as someone who's all in on AJ Green in fantasy this season, I, I got him in both my, my money leagues. Um, yep. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a hard pill to swallow, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Um, this next question is kind of why I, I hurried you on from Philly because I thought we'd, we'd round back to them. Um, this is from James from Melbourne. Um, what would you guys consider a, a quote-unquote safe Philly lead going forward? Um, I assume that James from Melbourne's a, a, a temporary, or not a temporary, a part-time co-host of this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think James from Melbourne's having a, a bit of a laugh yeah, at, uh, so. at my expense this week. James, no. 
But uh, yeah, look, it's that was that was tough. It's, I mean, it's 17, 17 zip. Uh, I was looking at the the stats inside of live probabilities, and and Philly was ninety nine point four percent. Yeah, probable to win, win that game. Yeah, um, and you just—I mean, against those guys, against against the football team, like against yeah. them, like you just can't. Happy for Ron happen. Rivera, though. But you know, oh, he, yeah, he got, I love. He Rivera. got an IV. He got an IV drip and and like treatment at halftime, and then comes out and coaches like that's unbelievable. Yeah, look, it's, it's the it's the one good thing about that yeah. about that franchise is Riverboat Ron. Yeah, he's just a exactly. just a quality bloke. So what good would you him. say was the weirdest game of the week? Yeah, Indy. Jags, uh, Washington, Philly, or this Green Bay um, Vikings game, which ended like thirty four forty three, which no one saw coming. That was like that was a bizarre game. Like, it was know, it was bizarre, but I loved it. I, I loved the yeah, it was game. awesome. It was, it was yeah. fun to watch. I think that the indie game was just weird. The indie game was yeah. weird in, yeah. in every sense of the word weird. The yeah. the Chicago game was weird too. Like yeah, I, just, yeah. With no preseason, with everything, um, yeah, it was a weird week. And, and when you look at our betting results, like considering we had no preseason, minimal preparation, COVID, everything going on, um, I didn't lose a game. I actually went 2-0-1 with the Cincy being a push. And thanks to those uh, OPI calls that we just mentioned and, and friggin' big bone Randy, like how is he still in the league? It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went 2-0-1 and, and you went 2-1 and one with the with the Indy Colts, with my Colts letting you down. Yeah, um, I well, said, I mean, it, I said we need to win by forty, or the or the Jags would cover. I just had this weird feeling about it. Well, they did; they certainly covered. But yeah, I yeah. I, I definitely didn't see that coming. And, and like I said, I, I don't think we can take too much from it. I, I don't think it says a whole lot about India, and I don't think it says a whole yeah. lot about the Jags either. So I'm not. You know, yeah, it's, it's one of those week one toss ups. So I'm not too fast. Yeah. Uh, long shots, no good across the board. Uh, we're kind of doing it a little bit different this year, so we might not hit as on as many winners, but we're going for kind of big, bigger prices. So, um, so we're kind of down twenty bucks each. But uh, you know, all we need to do is hit one every couple of weeks, and we're all we're all good. It's all gravy from there. Um, all right, let's get straight into week two now, as we uh, try not to be a two-hour pod on a, on a weekly <laughs> basis. Um, Thursday night football: Cincinnati at Cleveland. Cleveland minus six at home. Um, the total is forty three and a half. For me, I can you tell me why the Browns are six point favorites against anyone? I cannot, especially when there's barely any home field advantage at the moment. Um, like they were dreadful in week one, absolutely dreadful. Perhaps it was you know part of that reason was their opponent, the Ravens. You know, two at a force and just atop the DVOA rankings is probably the only normal thing of twenty twenty so far. Is that the Raiders? Uh, the yeah, Ravens are atop DVOA. Um, but the Browns were easily the most inefficient team and by quite the margin in terms of, you know, DVOA, almost doubled the 31st place Giants at 54%. So you can kind of throw a blanket from 31 to, to 21 in the DVOA and then there's just this massive gap from Cleveland. So I don't know if that's just because the Ravens are so good. But, yeah, I just don't understand how the, yeah, how the Bengals are not – how this isn't a field goal game. So, yeah, I, I love – like my numbers have this Browns two and a half or three. If you're going to go full home field advantage, if there was fans, um, so yeah, Cincinnati plus six for me is like, yeah, is is a bet probably the bet of the week for me. Um, even though it's Thursday night football, um, I give the Bengals a chance to win this outright too, like the money line. Uh, I think you could have got three dollars twenty earlier on. Um, for me, I also don't know what's going on with Odell Beckham. He had ten targets and had three for three catches for twenty two yards. Like 
Mm. Yeah, that that's baffling to me. I don't know if it's an Odell thing, a uh, uh, Baker thing, or or the Ravens secondary was so good last week. It's just a whole combination of things. But yeah, I couldn't have been more unimpressed with the Browns last week. So yeah, I'm all over Cincy. Yeah, look, I, I agree. It's a, it's a big play for me this week. The the plus six on on the Bengals, and you're right. The, there is no reason the Browns should be six point favorites against anyone. And and really, the only one that they could be would be the Jags. And, and after last week, even that's a stretch. So, you know, I yeah. said I said last week in our, in our preview with the talent at their disposal, can the Browns really be as bad as they were last season, and, and as bad as we've known them to be for the last three decades? Like mm. uh, on on last week's performance, they, they probably can, and they probably are that bad. But you know, it, it is week one. They've got a new coach. It's no preseason. You know, all of these things is interrupted preseason and off season. All, all of these things are, are possibly affecting the way that they're playing. But, you know, on, on the history of the Browns and, and their body of work, we've, we've, we've got to be concerned about, about the Browns. And uh, obviously that, that dubious call on AJ Green, as we've already said, that cost, cost the Bengals a game. But how good is it to see him back out there playing football again? You know, he, he had five catches, 51 yards. It's, it's, it's not a massive stat line, but also nothing to sneeze at when you think that, that he's been out for an entire year. Yeah, and um, it was his first game with with a rookie quarterback against a, a pretty good Chargers defense, even without Derwin James. Yeah, um, exactly. So, and you know, and yeah. He sh- yeah, he should have had the touchdown. Should have won the game. Uh, he'll get better as, as you know the rust shakes off as well. Joey Burrow, he he wasn't great. He wasn't phenomenal, but he showed enough to to, to mm. show us that he can he can play and, and play well at this level. Uh, and, and yeah, another week to acclimatize to to. The different pace of the NFL, they're much bigger and stronger in the NFL than they are in college. And, and he'll be better again this week and, and another week with, with you know, NFL quality receivers, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, these guys. Um, the, the, you know, they'll, they'll be better. He'll be better. And give me more of the Bengals. They're going to be fun to watch. So, you know, the, you spoke about Cleveland's defensive efficiency and, you know, it's only a small sample size, but they were last in defensive efficiency from week yeah. one, um, and it, it was the Ravens. Um, AJ Green, anytime touchdown. What do you reckon? Three fifty. Yeah, it's not too bad. I'll probably try and search around and get maybe four to one odds. But I don't think I'll get there. Um, but yeah, it's it's not bad. Uh, I, I just feel it would like be nice. I, I feel nice. like Joey's going to try and feed him more and more. He's the senior, yeah. the senior guy on offense. They're going to try and feed him feed him as much as they can. And, and I didn't mind a, you know, a little play on the first touchdown at 14 or 15 bucks as well. But, yeah, the, yeah. I think the big play, like you said, is, is the, the plus six on the line. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and for me, I just, I'm still coming back to the, taking the Bengals to make the playoffs at eight bucks. Just that loss, that, that OPI call could just be the difference between finishing as the eighth seed or finishing as the seventh seed. So, you know, a win on the road here in prime time for Joey B after I thought he's, sort of end of his fourth quarter was nice. He started really slow. I mean, he's playing behind a, a really dog shit offensive line and he was playing mm. against the Chargers front and look, Miles Garrett's just not going to make things easy on him, but I just, I don't know. I feel like kind of just has it, the, the it factor, you know? And um, yeah, I, I think given that AJ, you're right. AJ Green had nine targets last week, so he's clearly looking for him. So maybe that anytime is pretty good. So um, that might be worth, but I think the over, if that's set anywhere below 60, I'll, uh, I might take that as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I found fifty six and a half for AJ Green receiving yards. Yeah, um, okay. Which you know he had what 50, 51? 50, yeah, fifty one. Yeah, fifty one. Yeah, 11, 11, 11 yards per per catch is pretty good air yards in terms of yeah. 
So yeah, so I, I think that's uh, I think that's fairly solid. Yeah, um, should we make that the uh, lock of the week already? Maybe we'll do two because there's Thursday night football. Um, yeah, and if people listen on the weekend and miss out on the lock, so always, um, good we'll, a, we'll, always good having a backup anyway, just in case. Yeah, so um, yeah, but uh, all over, you can still get some six and a half at some places. So we'll lock in six and a half for the, for the Cincinnati Bengals to avoid that push scenario. Um, all right, let's move on. Atlanta at Dallas. Dallas, this has come in now after a few more Dallas linebackers got ruled out. They're into four and a half point favorites at home. The total is 52 and a half. Um, what's your thoughts on this game? Well, look, it, it, it's a tough one because Dallas, you know, like we said last week, Dallas are going to be really good this, this year. Um, and they didn't perform to expectations in week one. And, and is that just a week one thing? Probably. Um, for Atlanta, you know, they, they were just outmatched by a better offense. You know, they, they played some good football at times, Atlanta. And, and as you know, you know, I, I really like Matt Ryan as, as a quarterback. And I think they've got a lot of options on, on offense with Julia Jones and now Todd Gurley. And I'm expecting Gurley to have a, a much bigger presence in this one. You know, they weren't, they weren't efficient on the ground last week, the Falcons. Um, and, and the Cowboys really gave up a lot of territory to the Rams, you know, with, with Malcolm Brown and, and uh, Cam Akers, the, the rookie. So, I'll be looking at Gurley to, to really, you know, ground and pound this week. Injuries to, to Van Der Esch and, and Blake Jarwin are, are really going to test the Cowboys' depth on both end, both sides of the ball. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking that the Falcons are going to attack on the ground and try and break break up some of the, that play through the air where the Cowboys are going to go full out assault uh, against what what is a really weak defensive unit all round. You know, I think football outsiders rank them 32nd uh, on total defense DVOA for, for week one. And obviously it's not a big sample size as we've said already, but I think this is going to be a, a lot of points scored this week. And, and I like the yeah. over, the over 52 is, uh, is nice. Yeah. I looked at the total um, and I agree. I just, I just don't, I look at, I look at both defenses and secondary and work out how both teams are going to defend a three wide receiver set with just the lack of talent in the secondary. I trust the Cowboys a little bit more, but they just kind of like Robert Woods just went through them. Like, like you know, like like a warm knife through butter, really. Like, and then Robert Woods with, is a gun. He's an he's perennially. This is like the all underrated wide receiver bowl here in terms of Calvin Ridley and, and Robert Woods. Uh, although Ridley is quite rated, I still think I still think he's yeah. still quite underrated. I think he's 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 well up there as a as a player. And I have just drafted Woods and Ridley in just about everything this this off season. So I'm like just all aboard this game. But yeah, I just look, my, my numbers have this Dallas minus six and a half, um, which means, yeah, I'm going to probably end up playing them with that sort of two point buffer there. But with the injuries of the Cowboys linebackers and their defensive performance versus the Rams, I think the back door could be, could be wide open. I think you're right. I think the Falcons need to run the ball a little bit more and try and keep the ball out of their opponent's hands. Cause if, you, if you're giving your opposing quarterbacks too many shots against this defense, it's just not going to be, very fun at all. But the problem is that the Falcons just have such good aerial attack. Like it's just so easy for them to score. Um, so yeah, look, I'll, uh, I'll probably stay away in terms of tipping it up on the pod, but maybe Sunday night when I look at things and do a proper deep dive, I'll probably end up taking uh, the minus four and a half if it stays around there at home. But yeah, I'd also lean the over 14 targets for Amari Cooper last week. I don't expect that amount of volume. I feel like it'll get spread out. Again, and, you know, Gallup had that off OPI call where he pretty much burnt. Like, that halved his yardage in half. So, I like him to have 100-plus yards at $3 here in this matchup. Um, I think any one of those guys could easily go off for a, for 150 game in terms and, of Cooper, Lamb, or Gallup. Yeah, and Gallup's one of those guys. He really only needs, you know, three or four targets 
Really, he needs yeah. one. Your one or two catches to to hit that yeah. hundred. Because once once he's got the ball in his hands, he's got space. He's just he's gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. So athletic, you can't stop him once he's got it. So yeah, no. So you've gone over fifty-two. I like all uh, hundred plus at three bucks. Um, and yeah, all right, let's move on. Uh, Buffalo minus six. Quite of a, a, a dip, stark contrast in terms of aerial attacks and, and scoring <laughs> in this game. Um, Buffalo minus six. Miami um, at home. Uh, total is forty-one. So you got a road, uh, yeah, road favorite in Buffalo. Here six points. Um, my my numbers also like Miami here. Um, I only have the Bills as a four point favorite, but I'm also very skeptical of of Miami, who's look defense improved, but we're also lucky to not have lost by more last week to New England. There was a, a fumble over the goal line by Nikhil Harry, which was that's the dumbest rule in the NFL, um, which <laughs> pretty much costs New England another seven points. Um, yeah, and I just I still don't rate Josh Allen at all. He's just not accurate enough for me to buy into into the Bills. Sure, he can make plays with his legs and, and keep the chains moving, but the Jets' offense actually outperformed the Bills' offense for the last three quarters on a per play basis on offense. That's that's not good. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass here. Um, I lean I lean Miami um, at the plus six. I'll probably play it if he gets to plus seven. I doubt he will, um, but. Josh Allen loves playing against Miami, which has kind of scared me off. He's finished top 10 every week among quarterbacks in fantasy every week. He's played the Dolphins. He's scored 32, 45, 39, and 25 fantasy points when he's played against them. So um, I know some books offer fantasy points overs market. So maybe look into look into that anywhere of, you know, I think if it's set at like 30 and a half or something, you probably end up taking the over um, just given his, he just loves playing Miami despite the, Additions to the Dolphins' defense, I, I can see him having a big game. Um, despite being a Buffalo quarterback, seems to like playing down in Florida. Yes, that's not a bad call by you, mate. The old uh, fantasy line. Yeah, uh, don't mind that. Don't mind that. I probably won't touch it myself, but I don't mind it. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, the, the Dolphins. Yeah, you know, I kind of expect the Dolphins to um, to 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 get better. I mean, we saw we saw that they can be dangerous in the second half of last season. Um, and so this is another one for them to, to kind of test themselves again against another kind of division division foe. But I, I can't see them passing this test uh, like last week either. Um, we, we know how good the Bills' defense is. We, we've spoken about it you know, on end week after week after week, and they're pretty efficient running the ball. That the the exception is against the Jets' defensive line, and, and that's where it looks like Miami has a weakness in, in their defensive line. Um, so I think the Bills are going to run and run and run, and they're kind of built for that. You know, they've tried to to vary their offense, brought in Stefan Diggs, as we know, but the way that their offense is built is for runners. We know that they, they value runners. They've got Devin Singletary, they've got Zach Moss now, and Josh Allen loves to run the ball. And and we saw what Cam Newton did to, did to Miami running the ball last week as well. So, you yeah. know, I know you don't rate Josh Allen, but he's kind of the guy that, that is, is suited this week to, to play against this Miami team, um, and he he doesn't have to be he doesn't have to be elite in the air. He doesn't have to be a you know he doesn't have to be Big Ben. He doesn't have to be uh, Pat Mahomes. He just just has to keep moving the chains, and and he's got talent at his disposal to keep to keep taking advantage of, of that Miami defense. So, you know, we, we spoke about Cole Beasley being underrated last week, um, and Singletary Moss and, and Allen. They're just going to keep running and running and running. So, you know, I, I really like. The bills this week at the that minus six. I like the Ooh. unders. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, a tight game. I think two 
two defenses are going to keep it keep it low. And last year, that uh, I went the, the double on on the Bills a, a lot last year, yeah, you and did. they you did. they looked after me. So I'm going to do it again. So I'm going to go the double with uh, the Buffalo uh, Buffalo minus, minus and six and the unders. So Ooh. yeah, okay, no faith, no faith in Sam Darnold. Um, I'll say this about Josh I really Allen. don't like. I really don't like Sam Darnold. I guess it's I just one of those, just one of those personal things. But yeah, I'm just not a fan of Sam, Sam Darnold. We need to we need to start channeling um, or cataloging players that leave Adam Gase and do well. Robbie Anderson's <laughs> added to the list. Um, Sam Darnold, wherever he ends up next season without Adam Gase, um, as they select Trevor Lawrence for uh, Eric Bieniemy um, as the head coach of the Jets. You heard it here first that the New York Jets will pick Trevor Lawrence. To pair him with Eric Bieniemy next season at, at the NFL draft. Um, Sam Darnold will probably kill it um, wherever he goes, where he doesn't have Sam Dar- where he doesn't have Adam Gase and has a chance. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't mind the under, um, but yeah, I'm staying away from Buffalo. I just uh, just can't get a read on him properly. Um, Josh Allen's probably uh, the white version of Josh Freeman for me, really. So that's where I'll that's where I'll go. There. He's white, Josh I, Freeman. I did find I mean, Cam. Cam had what seventy five rushing yards against yeah. them last week. Yeah, uh, so. You can get get two forty at Josh Allen fifty five. So I don't mind that. Okay. He does like that's to run the ball, good. and and there's uh, there's some room there for him. So yeah, he's mind. a really good. He's probably their best running back, Josh Allen. To be honest, like well, most consistent, I think. Yeah, he is a great runner. Um, he had fifty seven yards last week, so that's pretty good. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. And I've scrolled down too far here. Um, Carolina at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay minus nine and a half, despite the loss last week. Total is 47 and a half. Um, Carolina, fun, fun team. Um, they're going to be fun over team as well because um, they're a lot better on offense than they are on defense. Um, and Teddy B is pretty competent. So plenty of pace out wide. Like, I don't think... Uh, DJ Moore had like a massive game last week and they still put up 30 points. So he had four for 54. Robbie Anderson, six for 115 and a, and a touchdown. McCaffrey had 23 carries for, for 96 yards. Yeah, Bridgewater, no interceptions, pretty pretty solid performance. But yeah, just like plenty of rookies just finding their feet on defense. It's just it's just too early for them to, to improve. I feel like, you know, no preseason. They started like six or seven rookies on defense. It's gonna it's gonna take a while for them to find their feet, and actually made Derek Carr look somewhat decent, um, twenty two of thirty. So you got Tom Brady and the Bucks after that. You know the Saints defense made him look like Blaine Gabbert, who's now his teammate. Um, you know it's tough. It's it is. I think you know the whole Brady narrative thing after a loss, but you know I think this is a much much easier task. Um, I'm expecting thirty five plus points from the Bucks. I think. Tom will, will stat pad and put last week behind him, probably like throw for like 400 yards and four TDs so that everyone kind of forgets week one. Um, so yeah, I think that's just like, you can just book that in 40 over 47 and a half is the play. Um, and I think Mike Evans is going to feast. So I like hundred plus yards at like $2 50. Um, I was trying to find a double for him to have like a hundred plus yards and any time touchdown. Um, that's going to be one of my long shots this week, but I couldn't just nowhere out yet with a price for that. So I'll, uh, Get that out on Twitter. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just think this is going to be an over. Carolina are going to be a fun over team this year. I think the Raiders are as well. And in hindsight, this should have been an easy overs game last week. Well, or keep, being one of my players. On, I, think I, I think I had a lean on the over. I didn't actually make it one of my players. But, keep yeah. keep an eye on, on the Evans markets because just seeing in the last couple of hours that Chris Godwin's been placed in the concussion protocol. 
Um, yeah, exactly. And it, uh, Bruce Arians is saying that it's cautionary only, but he's, he's started to see some symptoms. So just keep an eye on yeah. him because that, that can affect a, a couple of those yeah. markets. But, yeah, like his, Carolina have one of the worst defences in the league. Oh, they, don't have um, a, they don't have a corner that can cover them. <laughs> like, like they, just, they just don't. Like, unfortunately, like, not yet. It's just, they're just, just gonna leak, far away. They're just going to leak points. Um, yeah. But, you know, Tampa Bay had one of the bottom seven worst offences in the league last week. But, you know, that's as we said earlier, that, that's a bit of a forgive because it's against the Saints and, and the Saints' exactly. quality. So, you know, yeah. I, I do, like like you, I see the Bucks piling on points, but uh, I think that they're also really underrated on, on defence, the Bucks, and, and I think last year they were, they were a top 10 defence, DVOA-wise, uh, according to Football Outsiders. So, you know, I, I, I think... I think it's going to be harder to score points against the Bucks than, than we expect historically. Um, if, if that nine and a half comes into a flat nine or, or even an eight and a half, I'll, I'd probably be all over that. But I just uh, one week starter is not enough with this completely put together new team on offense. Um, yep. And I just I just don't know this like this this Bucks defense is pretty good, and I can't see that the, the Panthers as fun as they are. Like you said, like I just, I just can't see them scoring that many against them. So the the total's not not much interest to me. So it's a fun game. It's a pass for me. Yeah, I think Bucks will get back on track. Everyone will, you know, say, oh, "I told you, Tom Brady will be fine." But then we just, I don't know. It's like you can't really compare. Like it's a, just a leaps and bounds, you know, night and day difference in terms of the defense he's going to face here in Carolina as opposed I think to we're just going to need. Face, we're going to need yeah, half a season, six really weeks. To get a yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the first time he's played for a different coach, coordinator, system team, like everything in like 15 years. Like, yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, it's, if, there's, it is if there's any coach, if there's any coach that is kind of set for him to, to come and play for after Bill Belichick, it's, it's the quarterback whisperer. Um, but, you know, yeah. we, we've got to see if he's still got that ability in him. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So let's move on to another game that probably is, keeps, keeps breaking up. We've got high scoring affairs and then like, Real defensive grinds. Like, it just seems to be all different games this week. Denver at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus seven and a half. Total is 41 and a half. Uh, line and total look spot on for me. Denver, pretty unlucky to, to not get the win last week. Um, I thought they, you know, just blew a couple of, you know, uh, red zone opportunities. But at the same time, they also were, were gifted nine free points from Stephen Gostowski getting the yips. Um, he went from Go. fifth most accurate kicker to the eighth most accurate kicker in one game, which is just incredible stat. Um, that, and, that winning that winning one probably saved his job. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of hurts Tennessee because I feel like if he missed that, they'd probably find a new kicker. Um, and I'll, I'll speak about that in a little bit. But, yeah, look, the Steelers are a little bit rusty early with Big Ben. Um, you know, this is a much tougher task here against the Denver de- defense. And despite their growing injury list, they're really banged up. But even with their sort of second, third string corners, they're still better than the, the giant starters. And I just didn't understand um, the play calling early on. They were running a lot on first and second down with James Connor, who who's just looks broken and and old. Um, and it turns out he was injured. So the broken part, pretty accurate. But then once they started to throw it more on first down, they started to make strides. I don't know if they're throwing the ball just to test Big Ben out and kind of get off to a slow start and then kind of open things up. But... He looks pretty good in the second half, so uh, like I'm keen to see how Pittsburgh go. I, I'm, you know, I like them as a wild card sort of or a dark horse contender in the AFC this season. He said after the game, "This is the best defense he's ever played with," and I, I probably agree, given that he's had some 
staggeringly good defenses mm. early on in his career, but they're just stacked from head to toe here on on defense. So this is a tough task for, for Drew Locke, who who you know had an up and down game. But yeah, look, I'm going to pass on this game. I do love De- Deontay Johnson props this week. I think uh, he looks primed for a breakout after a relatively quiet sort of um, first week one where he had that fumble early on. So it kind of impacted his game a little bit. I, th- I think you're right about Ben. I think it was kind of one of those things where they just wanted to ease him into the play and, and make sure that he got his he got his sea legs under him and and yep. was was able to move around while. the pocket. It has been a long time. It's been a long time. Was yep. it week two? Yeah, week two last season. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so it has been a long time. And he's you know he's not the most agile guy. He's, he's a beast of a man, and it, it takes yep. him a while to to get moving and you know get those legs moving. So I, I think it was it was. Uh, tactical to, to let him, you know, get, get a bit of the feel for the ball and, and feel for the ground under him again. But yeah, once, yep. once he got started, you, you could already tell that the fact that he's been around those guys for so long, yeah, he, yeah. he just looked good. He looked solid. Juju, Juju caught six of six targets. Like he just I mean, that, that only needed was an accurate quarterback. <laughs> that, it looks like they, they, they haven't missed a beat those, those two yeah. Ben and, and Juju yeah. and, and Juju is quality. Yeah. I think he's, you know, he's their number one guy and he has been for a while, yeah. but he, he, I think yeah. even he's still underrated. Yeah, I feel this like Chase this Chase Claypool looks all right too. He does, he does. But I, and and you know James Washington is dangerous. Um, yeah, you know they, they've got they've got weapons everywhere. Um, yeah. They're a bit like they're a bit like a, a New Orleans Saints light. You know they they yeah. they have the capacity to be top five defense, top five offense if they get everything clicking. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with that. I think that's that's a great call. Um, but. You know, like I just—I yeah. I really like what the Steelers have done and, and what they keep doing. And I think that as yeah. as Ben gets gets back to full match fitness, they're just going to keep getting stronger on offense. Um, yeah. The only thing in this game that I'm considering a, a play on is the total. I feel like both these both these teams put a, a real heavy premium on on defense, and even without Von Miller and some of those other guys that, that you yeah. mentioned earlier, like they did a good job against. They did a good job against Derrick Henry. I, I thought. They're still yeah. a really good defense, the, the Broncos. And for me, it's it's a pass for now, but it's one of those things, and, and I don't like saying it because I have no reason. I, I don't have a strong reason, but I'm, it's one of those things where I'm just going to wait until Sunday and, and make a gut check. Um, there's, yeah. there's no, like after one week, there's not enough data either way to say yes or yeah. no, but it's just really yeah. a gut feel in, in week two on this one. But for, for now, exactly. it's, it's a pass. Yeah. I mean, you look at Derek, Derek Henry and you see 116 yards, you're like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, it was 31 carries for 160. Yeah. He was plodding along at 3.7. <laughs> I mean, Denver's linebackers, uh, Johnson and Josie Jewell, were unbelievable in that game. They were everywhere. They made plays. Um, I saw a good tweet the other day that, uh, and it was from like a Tennessee reporter, that the Titans are, you know, a certain amount, 11 and 0 when Henry has like 100 or something rushing yards. And I'm like, mm. he scored 16 points. Like, Stop. Stop it. Um, all right, move on. Uh, Detroit at Green Bay. Green Bay minus six. Totals 49 and a half. Um, I'll be quick on this one. Um, I'm treading cautiously here. Um, my numbers have Green Bay minus four. Um, I still, I might still be a little bit low on Green Bay. Um, I thought they really overachieved last year, and I wasn't a fan of their offseason at all. Um, but I'm not going to overreact too much after week one. Um, look, I detest the Lions head coach and want to see them suffer week in, week out. But... <laughs> I just don't know how to feel about Green Bay's performance. I thought that Green Bay-Minnesota game was weird and reading more about it on football, the DVOA week one report as well. I'm just like, Minnesota actually graded out higher than Green Bay, which is bizarre. Um, but when you read the explanation for it, it kind of makes sense a little bit. It's kind of a weird thing in a, in a, in a nutshell. Like it's just, 
it's just a weird concept. Uh, just a one week sample size is so tiny as well. So it's just a hard one. So it's just a clear avoid for me. But look, the Lions have covered their past six meetings. Um, they lost by uh, one and three points last year. And I think one of them, they didn't have Matthew Stafford. So um, yeah, the Packers got a bit banged up as well. They, they lost Kenny Clark, who's in doubt this game. who's an absolute beast, a perennially underrated defensive lineman. Um, so yeah, look, they never played their best against Detroit, but they are at home and um, I don't know about this Aaron Rodgers chip on his shoulder narrative. I never understand that narrative because it's, it's like, shouldn't he just be trying hard the entire time? Like, yeah. surely wanting to win a Super Bowl is just as important as wanting to, you know, piss people off that doubted you. I feel like that's yeah, and equally yeah, the same thing. <laughs> it's, and it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, he's yeah, professional yeah. enough that this this stuff doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Like, ten no, years exactly. later, like, you know, it doesn't exactly. So, but, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass and lead this game. I kind of I agree with you and I disagree with you at the same time. So that concerns me because I'm yeah. I'm never sure if we agree if <laughs> that's a good thing or if we disagree. If that's a good <laughs> thing. So, but like I agree in that, and I said it all along that I think that the Packers' win total last year was an overachievement. Um, but I still think that they're really good. And the fact that this is this is a minus six for for the Packers, I'm all in. I, I really like the Packers in this spot. Um, I just think they've got way too much firepower everywhere for, for this Detroit team who's just not very good. Like, they lost the unlosable last week. This this Bears team, this Chicago team, this offense is complete ass. Like, they're just rubbish. They are garbage. At, at best, at best, they're mid-range. And, you yeah. know, week one data says they're mid-range. But really, I mean, Mitch Trubisky is their starting quarterback, and, and we know he's not very good. So no, he's you know, not. This, this Detroit team is not good. They haven't been good, and whether they can put it put it all together for you know it's grudge match, I don't know. I, I just don't think <laughs> I don't think they can. Aaron Jones is a really good running back. Um, had, had a bit of a down week last week. He had sixty six yards on on sixteen carries. The, the late touchdown probably saved his day because I think that would have been a disappointment otherwise. But I, yep. I really expect him to go hard this week. Um, this the, the Detroit defensive line is a lot weaker than the the Vikings defense and and. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't count this Packers team, you know, as, as one of the elite, you know, one of the top four or five teams. But they're certainly good enough and and strong enough to to be a flat track bully and, and beat up on these weaker franchises, especially at home at, yep. at Lambeau, where we know we know how strong they are. So I, I like the Packers minus six, and I like Aaron Jones to to back up again. Um, Hundred plus rushing yards, three dollars forty approximately. You can get a bit higher, a bit lower at some books. So yeah, I really like Aaron Jones this week. Yeah, I just checked my ratings and uh, the Bears are the fifth worst offense I have on my ratings. So, <laughs> I think that counts um, as complete ass. Yeah, that's that's what we call in the uh, business as uh, not very good. Um, just for the record, the Jags, Jets, Dolphins and Redskins are worse. So um, that's where we're at. So even uh, Josh White, Josh uh, Freeman is in front of him, the Bills. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all right. So you're on the Packers minus six. Um, yep. Don't. Don't not don't dislike it. I just don't love it. Uh, Jags at Tennessee. Tennessee nine and a half point favorites. The total is forty two. Um, I just don't see how anyone can take a nine and a half point favorite when the total's only forty two. Just seems mm. absolutely uh, yeah contradictory to me. Even though it, it has happened, and it's probably like we'll get Daryl on to talk about how it correlated, and it probably makes sense. But it just in terms of just running simple thoughts in my head. Um, and I just and the Tennessee Titans, I kind of just aren't really built to to blow teams out of the water. They're they're a run heavy team. 
teams that are going to give their running back 30 carries a game and are often going to win by like 20 points or, or 15 points. So, um, and the Jags proved last week they aren't as bad as, as people thought. And, you know, even though they didn't put up a ton of yardage on offense and, and they made just enough plays on defense, CJ Henderson looks like an absolute stud. Um, he made, he embarrassed T.Y. Hilton a little bit and T.Y. Hilton's a great player. And so, you know, kudos to CJ Henderson who made plays. Um, and look, Jacksonville actually find themselves sitting third in DVOA. So I know it's only a small sample size and everything like that, but it was more that their yardage, despite being, you know, almost half of what the Colts did, it was efficient what they did. Um, and they did a good job. And yeah, sure, the Colts kind of shot themselves in the foot more so than the Jags made plays, but the Jags showed they can at least keep things a little bit interesting. And I think Jay Gruden is a good play caller. And I think, you know, maybe he is the future head coach for the Jaguars. I'm not a huge fan of Doug Marone, but maybe Jay Gruden's ceiling is just being like a really good offensive coordinator at the same time as well. And if that's the case, then that's fine. And he did a great job with Minshew. Um, he did a great job with their running back situation without Leonard Fournette. And I thought Tennessee's offense is a little bit underwhelming. Um, so as was their coaching and special teams. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to tell me that I can get the Jags plus nine and a half in a division game with a total 42 and the team that's nine and a half point favorite had a, has a kicker that has the yips. I mean, a couple of missed kicks can be the difference between covering and potentially losing a game. Um, there's, there's nine points. He missed three, was it three kicks and an extra point? Mm, yep. There's 10 points right there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the Jags plus nine and a half. Um, I know the public's probably going to be all over this as well, which kind of scares me a little bit. But, yeah, I'll take the Jags. Yeah, I started T.Y. Hilton over Robbie Anderson last week in fantasy. Oh, yeah. So thanks, you had to thanks do that, C.J. Though. Anderson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had to so. do that, though. You had to do that. I, I really like Robbie Anderson. I have for a long time. I, I feel like him yeah. and, and Jameson Crowder are two of the really most underrated wide receivers in the competition that just are yeah. so consistent and I just yeah. I didn't back myself as I did with a few yeah. few guys. But yeah, look I'm I'm not ready to jump on the Jags aren't as bad as we thought bandwagon yet. I think yeah, like you said, the Colts shot themselves in the foot. I think it was just one of those unexpected it, it happens every year. There's one or two massive week one upsets and I think this was one of them. They, the Colts just didn't turn up and, and once Marlon Mack got injured, their run game lost all ounces yeah. of efficiency. They, they weren't running they yeah, they weren't running the ball too, terribly well. Um, um, yeah, and so I'm not going to, yeah, and so I'm just not going to put too much stock in, into that result in terms of what the what the data says. And um, you know, that being said, if if I was going to take anything in this game, it would be the Jags plus nine and a half, purely based yep. on on the Titans kicking kicking issues. Because if they're continually continually leaving points off off the board, like you said, we can't expect them to to be smashing teams week after week, even if they are you know bad bad rated teams. So it's it's a pass. Mm. For me at the moment, but if that line does come out, and it's it is possible because you know people know that the Jags are a bad team. That if that line does come out, then then I'd certainly have a look at it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's moved the other way now. It's flat nine, so but there's still plenty of time left uh, before Monday morning. So uh, always ebbs and flows in the in the old betting markets. uh, Depends on different plunges here and there. Uh, LA minus one and a half at Philly total is 47. Um, I lean your Philadelphia Eagles at the plus one and a half. Full disclosure, though, I actually took the Rams on Tuesday at plus two and a half. I thought that this game would, in all likelihood, flip in, in favour of the Rams. Um, so, 
Yeah, I was kind of always going to take the underdog here. I feel like uh, my numbers have this game pretty much as a coin flip. I think I have the Eagles uh, either either pick them or if, or lean a half. If you count full home field advantage, I'm kind of docking half a point these days with, with COVID and no fans and everything. Um, it's really hard to just judge Philly's performance last week. Um, you know, they were, you know, good for three quarters despite the lack of, you know, bodies and, and healthy players. And it kind of just caught up with them in the end, just so banged up. But Lane Johnson's back is is a massive in for them. And Miles Sanders is a big in for them as well. So uh, I think this will be pretty close. Um, so, yeah, I lean towards plus one and a half. But um, given uh, my action on Tuesday, um, it's best for me to just step away and uh, not give out any tips tips on this one. But uh, this is a tough one. I feel like Philly could, Philly could do this, though. I feel like they're... They're there. They're close. I can feel it. Well, well, a Philly one point win would suit both of us just fine then, because you could you could hit right bang in the middle and yeah, that's the, the, Eagles, that's the, the plan, man. Win. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, anyone who's who's listened to to me on this show before knows that I don't bet on Eagles games, and I think yeah. especially so much this year. There's so much uncertainty about the league in general, and and so much unpredictability, yeah. especially around this Eagles team. The Eagles are already unpredictable enough without adding in, you know, the, yeah, all the added, injuries fitness issues and the instability and the Rams, I yeah. guess, are a little bit in the same the same boat. We, we just don't know what to expect from them this year. We spoke a lot about them last week on the, the season preview um, about, you know, what they have to do to, to be a, a legitimate team again. Um, yeah. But, you know, what, I think what I can say, and you mentioned it already, is that Philadelphia won't be last in offensive efficiency, DVOA, for, for very long. And, and with Miles Sanders back, you know, the Rams are going to have to be wary. You know, the Seagulls team are dangerous, and that's uh, that's all I'm going to say. Yep. Uh, quick question, just a, just a yes or no. Um, position value aside, and, you know, like obviously we always overrate quarterbacks and everything, but is Aaron Donald the best player you've ever seen over the last five years? Oof. It's, uh, he'd be up there. He'd be, I don't, yeah, for, I don't me, know if I can... for me, it's for me it's a yes. I, just, I don't know I just if I can... It's... I don't know yeah. if I can give a concrete... Yes, yeah. number one. I just one, think he's, but he's, I just think he's so far couple. above and beyond it, the next best player at his position that it's just unquestionably like he's just unbelievable. I feel like Look, it's, it's a toss up in like 30 years' time, and, we'll be talking about him. Like It's, it's a toss up between him yeah. and Nick Foles. But, you know, I just. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Look, it's, there's, but between different positions, it's hard to pick an overall yeah. best player in the league, especially over yeah. you know over a generation, I guess. But, yeah, look, he'd be up there. He's, he's yeah, a phenomenon. There's just so many clips from last week, which just blew my mind. I think the, um, the great thing, I think the great thing about Aaron Donald is the type of play that he's, um, that he's, I guess, known for. Well, yeah, and you look at the guys that are, that are now being drafted that are that are just Aaron Donald replicas. Um, yeah, he kind of changed yeah. the way that we value that position. Absolutely, and and I think he's yeah, that's he's huge. kind of reimagined that role and and the type of guy that that teams yeah. want. So, yeah, he's, I mean, he's amazing. Amazing. Uh, all right. Minnesota at Indy, minus three, totals 48 and a half. This is, this is contender for the weirdest game of the week for me. I, I just don't know how to read any of this at all. Probably the hardest, the range of outcomes in this one is just so crazy. I could see the team winning by 20. I could see this being a nil all draw. Um, look, the Colts more than doubled the yardage of the Jaguars. Just stalled a missed field goal, a couple of crucial drops couple of missed fourth down conversions in inside the opponent's half. 
and then just got eaten alive on defense playing soft zone, which is just perfect for Minshew. I just understand the play calling on defense and they picked them apart underneath. And then all week, Colts media and Colts fans are just talking about freaking interceptions by Rivers. Rivers had like 400 yards, was like had a quarterback rating of like 120. He was dropping dimes. His first drive was incredible. I was like, we're going to win by 50 here after the first drive. And then it just all fell apart. But, like, he was fine. He he played well. Like, yeah, if if Tom Brady played like for the Bucks, there would be no one would be talking about Tom Brady's decline at all. Um, so, yeah, I just don't understand the narrative on that. So maybe there is a bit of value in that, that people are kind of underrating or, or overrating, underrating the Colts. I don't know. It's like a weird thing at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, the Vikings were, weren't actually that bad despite being blown out. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I feel like this is one of the games where the more you know, the ac- the less you actually know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the Colts can still overcome an 0-2 start um, after what I saw from the Texans, Titans and Jags in week one. So, you I mean, if the Colts can win the division, I feel like they have the highest ceiling um, of, of any of the teams in the, in the South. Um, but it's much tougher in, in the AFC, in the NFC for the Vikings to st- to start 0-2, but um, the Colts have never been good in week one, and especially down in Jacksonville. It's just a, I don't think we, I can't remember the last time we won a home opener, so it's been a while. So, yeah, I not a home, a, a, like an opening road game, like week one road game. We haven't won one in forever, so it's kind of a weird Colts thing. But, yeah, I'm going to leave this game completely. Like, I'm, I'm not touching it. Anything. Yep. No props, yeah, look, nothing. I, uh, I, Cannot disagree with any of that. It is one hundred percent the weirdest game of the week, and yep. based purely on on the Colts, I, I'd not even consider it. Even without the fact that it's the Vikings and what happened last week with the Packers, like there is just way too much variance for, for both of these teams to have a crack in in this in, in week two. There's just not like like you said, the more you know, the less you know, and uh, yeah. I just know nothing about these two teams at the moment. I, I still just... feel like both of them are really good teams, but you know just. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, what I do know is that I love Naheem Hines, and again, one of these guys that I played Ty Hilton, I played Marlon Mack last week over Naheem Hines, and and I gave him a massive rap last week. I said how much Phil Rivers loves pass catching backs, and I went through the whole rigmarole yeah. of how much I love Naheem Hines this season, um, and just, I didn't play him. Yeah, but it's just hard to start a guy like that over. It is. It is over but, other players like that. But now that now that Max out, I think he's kind of he's almost almost yeah. a must start in a flex role if you've got him because they've got oh. a rookie at, at running back and and yeah. they're going to use him they're going to use him a lot and so they're going to yeah. need the kind of the experienced head. Hines is going to be used a lot in the running game as well, but we know that yeah. they're going to rely on him in, in the, the passing game because um, Rivers loves those guys. So uh, there, there weren't any any markets up for for Hines receptions, but. Keep an eye on all those receiving yards, number of yeah. receptions, um, even touchdown markets for, for Naheem Hines is a massive play this week if uh, if you can find a good a good market. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, let's move on from a game that we won't be touching at all <laughs> to a game that I'll be having a, a play in New York Giants at the Chicago Bears, minus five and a half. Total is 42. I love the Giants in this spot, plus five and a half. Hell Yes. Um, I give the Giants a chance to win this game outright as well. Bears offense was shocking. And Trubisky just bailed out by Matt Patricia's inability to uh, close out easy wins. Um, and I thought the Giants showed a little something on, on offense in patches last week against a really tough 
just in the passing game at least, like a really tough Steelers offense. I feel like when they uh, – Jason Garrett started the game so well and he went back into his shell with – I think he kind of got scared off a little bit. Look, I know this Bears defense is, is also very good, but it's not Steelers good. I think Steelers have the chance to finish the season as the number one defense in the NFL, um, and I'd be shocked if they're not. Um, and the, the Bears – Probably a top ten, top twelve type team, but it's not quite as scary as as facing the the uh, the Steelers. They're just stacked across all three levels. So look, I just don't know if Trubisky kind of has it in him to take advantage of this sort of rubbish secondary. I just don't know. There's also issues with Allen Robinson this week. I'm taking down everything off his Instagram to do with the Bears and wanting a contract and all that sort of stuff. So. Like, man, is there a chance he doesn't suit up? I don't know if there's a chance he suits up. Is he not happy? I don't know. Um, I think the Giants uh, are, yeah, are a chance here. I think Saquon will get the will get it going. Um, I believe. I think he can. Um, so yeah, all all, of, all aboard the G men. Yeah, good big call on the uh, on the Steelers D being the number one number one defense in the league. Good call. Yep. Big call, but good call. I like it. Yep. Um, but yeah, again, two like two two just rubbish teams that I don't really want any part of. One team has no defense, the other has no offense. It's kind of a perfect storm for a garbage game. Um, yep. Yeah. Spoke about Saquon earlier. I just, I, I don't know what's going on with him. 15 carries for six yards, just, you know, not good enough for a guy with his talent. Um, and obviously he's, you know, he, he plays in the passing game and he, and he had six yep. catches and 60 yards. We said that before, but you, you've got to expect better from your, your prime mover. Um, a, a good thing for the Giants is the combination of Daniel Jones and, and Darius Slayton. They, you know, they were really good in the second half of last year and they seem to, to put a really good partnership together. Looks like that's continued and, and they were impressive again last week. The thing that I'm confused about and concerned about is that Joe Judge consistently says that Sterling Shepard is their number one receiver, um, but it looks like they're feeding Slayton a lot more and a lot more consistently. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see if they if they try and force that Shepard narrative this week. Um, but, yeah, could I Could just don't be like, matchup based as well. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Evan Ingram, hella good players. Like Shepard's a really, a really great player. So yeah, both had both had nine. Oh no, sorry, Saquon had nine targets. Yeah, six targets for Shepard, nine for for Slayton. So yeah, you're right. So Slayton's kind of emerges the top dog at the moment. Um, and, and I think that, God like, Daniel Jones game too. Daniel Jones does like to air it out. He does like to yeah. you know to to throw the ball and and you know, yep. Shepard's more, I guess. Uh, Especially without Golden Tate, was, was more in the slot yeah. last week. So maybe it is a matchup thing. But yeah. Evan Ingram, I think, is is uh, if, a good play if if you can yeah. get a market or if you've got him in fantasy, playing five receptions, a dollar eighty eight, dollar ninety sort of yeah. market. I like it's, it. It's kind of funny being on the Daniel Jones train last week. I, I really needed him to to stink up that one of those final drives where he threw the the <laughs> you know red zone interception, and then this week I'm I'm barracking for him to eliminate those uh, you know decision making interceptions from his game. I mean, one of his interceptions was just a, an unbelievable play from TJ Watt. Um, so, but the other one was absolute full Den- Denny Jones, Denny Dimes um, experience there. So yeah, we'll wait and see. But I think when you said that, when you say this game, one's got a good D and and a you know, good D and no O, and one's got a good offense and no defense. I'm always going to kind of just take the points and hope for the best there. <laughs> um, I have it as a three-point sort of game, so there's a, a little significant edge there for me. Uh, San Fran, minus seven on the road at the Jets, fresh off a loss, both teams, totals 42 and a half. Um, yeah, San Fran minus seven for me is the play. Um, my numbers have this kind of bang on, but I just think the 49ers uh, struck me as a team that kind of just beats up 
bottom feeders and just like most art and, and co just run rampage on the jets here. Um, and I just don't know if there's a bigger coaching mismatch this week than Kyle Shanahan versus Adam Gates. Um, and after that loss, I don't think San Fran were that bad. I just think Arizona were good. So, um, yeah, Jimmy G would probably want to take a lot of those performance, you know, a lot of those throws and decisions back that he wasn't his best. But um, I think it's a much easier task here against the Jets. Um, I don't like kind of taking big favourites of seven or above. But, yeah, I think this just sets up nicely for for the, the 49ers to get back on track this year. And, um, you know, like losing to Arizona's no you know, no bad thing. They're, they're a good team. And, and I think this is an easy, much easier task. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I like the unders here. And I have to admit that a lot of this is, is just gut feel because I feel like, I feel like the Jets defense is better than it actually is. And, and you know, they've lost Jamal Adams. We know we spoke about that last week, but you know, I, I've been saying for a long time that Jimmy Garoppolo is a, is a good quarterback and he's never really, done enough to, to back me up on, on at least on this show and I've kind of been the solo guy <laughs> waving the Jimmy G flag but um yeah I keep hoping he proves me right but he hasn't done a whole lot and, and so this this Jets defense has has a bit going for it um so, so I'm kind of banking on a low scoring game uh, yeah I don't know it's 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 the unders for me but there's there's not a lot for me to like about this game to be honest yeah all right well let's uh let's move on it'll be I'll be very shocked if San Fran is, don't win is there at least win from- that game is there a player prop that you like? Oh, there is. Yeah, I don't mind Crowder six plus receptions at two twenty. I feel like if the if the the Niners do get out to a lead, um, sort of Crowder's kind of that safety blanket for for Donald underneath has an insane ability to separate. You mentioned him before, so um, yeah, six plus receptions at uh, anywhere above two dollars is kind of where I'm looking at there. I just don't know whether he'll be able to get the yardage he did last week, but. I mean, he, he went for seven for 115 against the Bills defense. So there's every bit of the chance he can replicate uh, that success. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, all right, Washington at Arizona. Arizona minus seven. Total is 48. Thoughts on this one? Arizona are fun again. Like last year they were fun, but they weren't very good. This year they're fun and they look like they're a lot better. And and so this is this is kind of this is kind of cool. Like the, the combo, <laughs> yeah. the combo of Hopkins and and Kyler Murray was was just scary. Like what they did last week against what was the best defense in the NFL last season, um, whether they still are or not, you know, we spoke about the Steelers and, and the Saints and there's a lot of good defenses nowadays. But, um, you know, what they did against that that Niners defense was was scary. That was frighteningly good. Um, so th- this is really interesting because the, the football team edge rushes were, were impressive against the Eagles, but I feel like that was kind of – it was a bit each way because the Eagles O-line really let down Carson Wentz and, and the Eagles offense. Um, and, and Wentz still somehow managed 270 yards despite eight sacks and, and two mm. turnovers. So, you know, there was, there was a bit each way about this, this Washington defense. So I'm still not sold on them um, despite that they've got a, a lot of talent. But if, if the, if the Arizona offensive line can, can hold up, unlike the Eagles last week, then I think Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins, they can do some real damage against this this Washington team, but it is it is very early in this regenerated Cardinals team for me to take them at, at more than a touchdown, um, especially against against this defense that, that played really well last week. So it's it's a pass for me, but it should be really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean for me, like I was, the the Arizona passing game, I'd like a little bit more kind of down the field stuff, and I think we'll see a little bit more of that this week against the. 
a much kind of easier secondary. Washington's fronts more their strength of their of their defense. But I, for me, what was was the most pleasant surprise was was how well the Arizona offensive line and, and defensive lines were played um, last week. I think uh, they've been coached up very well. I think um, their coaching staff's done a hell of a job. So I think you know if you know, if they held up and, and scored twenty four points against that San Fran pass rush that that we saw devastate teams last year, I think they can kind of make do against this Washington team, um, especially at home, as long as, you know, Kyler doesn't make the same mistakes that Carson did last week in, in terms of holding the ball on, you know, holding on the ball for too long. But the good thing about Kyler, he does have that scrambling ability and can mm. make things, you know, work with his legs. So, um, yeah, I, I like Arizona minus six and a half. If you can get a, you can shop around. I think there's still some out there potentially. It might even be trending that way. And in terms of the Washington win last week, great story. Happy for Coach Rivera, but boy, oh boy, their offense was like really sloppy, terribly mm. inefficient, just ugly and tough to watch. And I think Patrick Peterson with some safety cover can uh, can help uh, cover McLaurin, and and that should pretty much wrap them up. So I, I like the I like the Cardinals one a six and a half. So yeah, I Any understand why. I just, no, look, I, I understand why. I just it's it's just too yeah. much that the line's just too big for me this week. Yeah, if, that's fine. If, yeah, if uh, this was week four and the and the cards have been doing it for a couple of weeks, then I'd be much more comfortable taking it. But yeah, yeah definitely. Just, I just need to see a couple more weeks of, of solid play for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's move on. Baltimore minus seven at Houston. Totals fifty two. I don't really have too much to say about this game except. Um, we really, really know the Ravens are a special, special team. Lamar Jackson showed even more improvement as a passer. Um, so I smell potential for a blowout because um, Houston's secondary is an absolute mess right now. It's terrible. Um, and I think Mark Andrews is a really special player. I think he's edging closer and closer to that kind of Kittle-Kelsey level of, you know, tiers of tight ends. Um, but I, I am just a little bit keen to see how the Earl Thomas less secondary goes against the proper quarterback and, and weapons um, as opposed to whatever the Browns put on paper last last week, kind of poo-pooed everywhere. Uh, yeah, so it's going to just be an avoid for me. Uh, my numbers prefer much other options. Um, it kind of seems bang on. I think I have it minus, I think I have it minus seven as well. So I'm just going to stick with my numbers and, and, yeah, and I just prefer other options this week, but I really like it wouldn't shock me if Baltimore win by twenty just given what Houston are right now. But you know, the Browns were so bad last week, it was just hard to really properly see how good the, the, the Ravens defense was. Yeah, and look last year they, they played in Baltimore and the Ravens crushed the Texans. I think it was thirty four or thirty five points. And the yep. Texans are worse this year. The the Texans are a mess, like you said. Uh, I just don't know, like until Bill O'Brien's gone they're going to continue to be just a terrible franchise, which is really unfortunate because when they play good football, that they're, they're fun to watch, but they just don't yeah. do it often enough and consistently enough. And, you know, they're not going to be the only team to be torn to shreds by Pat Mahomes like, like they were last week. So uh, yeah. I just refuse to believe that Bill O'Brien can match it with, with John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson this season. Um, what I will say is that I think if, if there is one Achilles heel about this Baltimore team, it is their... Their run defense, we spoke about it last year, and, and it was one of my big plays in that second half of of last year for the Titans to beat the Ravens and, and to meet mm. them in the playoffs and beat them. Um, so, you know, I think that I, I still think that's an issue for them, and I think that, that Houston are going to going to feed David Johnson. He played really well in his in his first game for Houston last week. They're going to feed him over and over and over again, uh, and Deshaun Watson to keep running the running the ball. So, you know, I, I think that 
that there is some opportunity for Houston to score points, but I think Baltimore are just way too good almost everywhere else. So I, I really like uh, Baltimore at that, that minus seven line. I really like the over 52 points because I think both teams are going are gonna to score. Um, and, and I can kind of see this being like a, a 40 to 20 kind of game. Um, yep. so, so I like both Baltimore and the overs. And, yeah, I'll probably take, take both of them in the, in the double. Uh, but there are a couple of player props as well. I know you, you like Marquise Brown. You had him last week as well, 100 yeah, plus he just yards. Didn't find me in. No, I had him to any time. Um, oh, any time touchdown. That's right. I did take him. I did take him personally. I just didn't put it on the on the run sheet. But I, yeah, I had him. I think it was three three to one to score. He just didn't find the end zone. But yeah, I like him 100 plus yards again here at three dollars thirty. I just think he's kind of the apple of uh, of Lamar's eye at the moment down the field as a, and then it kind of in the red zone. It seems to be you know. Mark Andrews. So yeah, I, um, I agree. I'd rather, t- I'd rather take the the yard routage with Brown going forward as opposed to the touchdown. Definitely, yeah. and I think along kind of similar lines, I like Lamar Jackson to have a big game in, in the passing game. I think three hundred yards is, is obviously big for him. Um, yep. But yeah, you know, against this against this Houston defense, I think it's realistic, and you can get you can still get over four dollars for for three hundred passing yards. So I like that, mm-hmm. and like I said, David Johnson rushing yards. His line at the moment is fifty six which I think is really low for a, a, an RB1 against the Baltimore defense. So 56 or more rushing yards, you get a dollar eighty-eight, and then you, you keep going up 66 plus, 76 plus, 86 plus, all the way up to you know almost $4.50, $4.50. Yep. So I, I like all of those plays um, and probably have a little bit on each of those. So, yeah, there's a couple couple, couple of plays in this game that I like. That's not, that's not bad at all. I don't mind that uh, 56 seems a little bit on the low side. Um, he, looked, mm. he looked healthy last week, which was a good sign that, Kind of the only positive for Houston last week. Um, all right, Kansas City minus eight and a half at the Chargers. Totals forty-seven and a half. Um, my numbers like the Chargers to plus eight and a half here. Um, sure, they weren't great last week, but obviously it was Tyrod's first game at the new club, and you know their defense went up against a rookie quarterback in a brand new offense, so they didn't really know what to expect on that side of the ball. Um, I don't think the Chiefs played that well at all um, in their season opener, but they still managed to cover and kind of cover with ease at home mm. versus the Texans. And I still have some issues with the Chiefs linebacking core, um, especially like it just, it's just really, it's just not great. Um, so yeah, look, the fact that they were, didn't play bad and just covered so well and so easily, it's also why I'm just going to avoid. So while my numbers kind of like the charges, I'm kind of going to have a rule around here this season. And that's just kind of don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I just think <laughs> Like, he's never dead. We saw it in the Super Bowl. It's just like no, like, plus or whatever, or minus is ever safe. There's also the chance if they get out to a lead that you see Mahomes sort of sit out fourth quarters and the back door might be firmly firmly open against a, a pretty leaky Chiefs defense that I can see kind of giving up points if they've, if they've got out to a lead. So I'm going to just pass and, and, and pick my spots with the Chiefs. But, yeah, I won't be betting against Pat Mahomes at all this season. Yeah, well, we said it last week. Pat Mahomes is on his way of being the, the greatest quarterback of, of all time. And yeah, like I, I said, feel like that's not even that hot a take. Like it's it not anymore. Just, it's yeah, just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. What is yeah. he? He's twenty four. He's twenty five. Like, he's twenty five this week, and he's, he's twenty five. Already now. got an MVP in a Super Bowl. Like he's he's won everything there is yeah. to win already, and yeah, he's got a yeah. decade left. Um, yeah, exactly. He could break every record in the, in the game. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, the, the Chiefs. Pounded the Texans last week, but they weren't even that good. They they probably took it easy. 
Um, they didn't look like they, there was any urgency to their offense. That they, they certainly weren't pushing hard. Um, and you know, the, I, I just feel like Kansas City can just keep on rolling. They're they're building, and and they might take it easy for the first half of this season. But even taking it easy, they're still better than ninety percent of of the teams that they're going to come up against every week. So while that line's under nine, you know, a, a touchdown and a field goal, I'm I'm taking that. I'm taking that every day of the week. Um, my, my new favourite player, the Fresh Prince, the Fresh Prince of Hell Air, balled out yeah. in, his, in his debut. We all said to watch out for him. You know, he, he was he, he looked really good, and I, I really think that he could win the, the rushing title this year if, if things go go his way. I think yeah. that there's enough there's enough in this dynamic offense for him to to continue to get twenty to twenty five carries every week, um, and if he can operate efficiently, which you know he, he clearly can, he did. Did at LSU, he didn't carry the ball that much at LSU, but he was still very efficient. Um, you know, I expect another really big game from him. So I like KC at the line, um, and I like Edward Solaire again. You know, like like with David Johnson in the last game, uh, his line is seventy six plus. So I like seventy six, eighty six, ninety six, all the way from dollar eighty eight up to to two fifty, two sixty. Yeah, I did my nuts last week on betting over receiving props because I really thought they were going to use him a lot in the receiving game, and he had zero catches. <laughs> on two targets, so well, they didn't um, need him. Watch, they no, didn't exactly. need him because he had that's, cause his, his rushing line was like fifty-five and a half. And I went, yeah. When I saw that pre-game. I was all over that. I went yeah, very big. I, I, I took that as well, but I just thought he was just gonna like. I just thought he was gonna have like kind of like that Damian Williams opening season opener last year, where yeah. he kind of just like went crazy on off, you know catching and 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 running the ball. And, and I think they will. I think they haven't even used him yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think they will utilise so. him in that in that fashion because yeah. we know that Andy Reid likes to do yeah. that as well. He'll so. he'll probably go for a hundred plus yards receiving this week because I won't be on it. So um, if you want to go for the <laughs> if you want to you know want to love get on the wide jinx train like the omen just, bet. Yeah, it's the omen bet exactly. Uh, all right, Sunday night football, New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, New England at Seattle. Seattle minus four, totals forty four and a half. I mentioned the um, Seattle play calling atop the show. Um, how aggressive they were. Um, so, you know, they were the most run-heavy team on first and second down last season. Um, in week one, they'll top two in early down pass frequency. So that's great science for the kind of the let Russ cook crowd. So that was kind of my biggest takeaway, and they got a big bump in my ratings because of that. Um, so, you know, just hopefully they do it here. Um, maybe they might not have as much success against the Pats, but I'm going to say this every single week probably until Bill Belichick decides to leave this realm <laughs> Um, the Patriots have a chance to win any game of football, no matter who has, who he has a quarterback, who he has a linebacker, who he has a kicker, et cetera, et cetera. Um, everyone that leaves, Stephen Gostowski, Tom Brady, system QBs, system kickers, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the guy is great and you're getting plus four, uh, you know, over a field goal on the greatest coach of all time. It's hard to pass, but at the same time, yeah, the Seattle play calling and everything is it's hard to ignore because if Russ is going to be cooking, then he is every bit as dangerous as they are. Um, so I'm going to pass. I just can't see the Pats being blown out here too much. Like I just think the line kind of seems seems pot, spot on. But I do like the, the Pats' interior O-line because the, 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 we talked about Seattle's pass rush being more sort of inside, you know, a la Grady Jarrett, Aaron Donald-esque type pass rushing from Jaron Reed and, 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 the, and all their players there. But Andrews, Mason, and Turney were awesome last week. All had like 80-plus grades on PFF. So 
they're, they're huge for, for the run game and for Cam Newton to make plays with his legs and pick up first down. So that's, that's a massive tick in the advantage column for New England. So uh, I'm going to pass, but uh, I'm actually really excited to watch this game. Um, yeah, without having uh, to really barrack for anyone. It's just good to, you know, to sit back and enjoy a sort of a Bill Belichick versus Pete Carroll game. Yeah, let Russ cook the uh, the hashtag. Last year, Gardner Minshew yeah. was our official podcast spirit animal. I wonder if let Russ cook should be our official podcast hashtag, yeah. at least this week. Potentially. Maybe for the rest of the season. I'm on it's him. It's just hard because he's. Be, so. It's just yeah. I, that's right. I remember you are. I just, <laughs> I just don't know about Russ the person when he's interviewing. He just seems. I don't really... care about Russ the person. I'm all about yeah, the I bank, know, mate. I okay, that's fine. That's <laughs> and, true. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton the person. Uh, oh, I love Cam Newton the person. Let's go. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm still. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm amazed that Bill Belichick has the flamboyant Cam Newton as his quarterback. Like the machine. It's, it's, yeah. As the rainbow, I just don't. Yeah. I don't see. It just doesn't work in my mind. Anyway, but it is a. It is a. It's a great juxtaposition of of taste and flavor. But it's perfect. <laughs> it, it is amazing. And yeah. you know, you know, I mean, more than most, I, I was not a huge rap for the Pats preseason, yeah. given everything that they've gone through. Um, yep. I, I really loved what Cam did last week, and I love watching Cam when he's fit and healthy. He's so good to watch. He just does everything. I mean, he's a bigger version of Russ, really. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, so that's that's really exciting from a Patriots perspective, which is not great for my my Pat season unders bet. But um, <laughs> the Seahawks, the Seahawks at home are an entirely different proposition to Miami in New England. Um, yeah, this Seahawks team, we we've said it for a long time, and, and James you know has sworn by it for for over a year. But this Seahawks team is one of the best teams in the NFC, uh, and and if they can keep everything if they can keep everything rolling, they're on the verge of something pretty special with, with Russ there. If they can stay healthy, if if they can stay fit on the field, then, you know, Russell Wilson in MVP form in week two already is something that we should enjoy. But also if you're a, if you're a Patriots defender, and if you're a Patriots fan, that's something to be really concerned about. He now has legitimate weapons to take advantage of if they play him in that way. Um, yep. And, it, you know, all signs point to that if, if they continue. So, you know, I might have underestimated the Pats preseason. Maybe that that under nine was a bit optimistic for me, who hates the Pats. But we'll see about that. But I just can't see them if the form lines continue. I can't see them getting close to to Seattle on last week's form anyway. So I'm I'm having a play at Seattle minus four. All righty, good, 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 good. All right, Monday night football, the last game of the week. Uh, New Orleans minus five and a half at Las Vegas. First game in Las Vegas for John Gruden and the. And uh, the Raiders totals forty nine and a half. Um, no Michael Thomas um, out for what four to six weeks, three to five weeks. Mm. Who knows? Um, kind of lost in the Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady uh, stink fest was kind of the performance of Drew Brees. Um, he showed some real signs of aging, um, a lot more than last year. But what I really like about the Saints, and this is what Bill Belichick did a lot with Brady as well, in terms of his limitation and, and utilizing an older quarterback for so long um, is, you know, they just do a good job of really putting their quarterback in situations to still do what they can do at an elite level. And that's, that's what Sean Payton does. He puts Drew Brees in these situations, utilize his talent that he can still do at an elite level. So I'm expecting a heavy dose of Kamara in the run game. Um, I'm yeah, especially without, uh, Michael Thomas. I also am expecting a lot of Kamara in the receiving game as well. I, I think Kamara is going to have a 
have a massive, massive game. Um, sorry, I meant more Kamara in the receiving game. I think we'll see a lot of Murray in the run game. Um, I think we'll see Kamara use more utilized as a, as a receiver. Um, so you can get Kamara 10 plus receptions at $11. Um, I'm going to have a, a little dabble at that. Um, I also think we'll see a good dose of Taysom Hill um, lining up in a variety of spots and using him just to give Drew Brees a bit of a breather here and there and, and mix things up a little bit and keep the Raiders on their toes. But, yeah, look, this is a much easier task for the for the Saints against this defense, um, which, you know, let the Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater, who played very well for the Saints last year, coincidentally, um, but, yeah, scored 30 points for them. So, look, the Raiders' offense had a easy, much easier task as well as going from kind of the opposite of uh, the Bucks. They're going from the Panthers now to the Saints' defense. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a much, much tougher task taking on, you know, seasoned veterans as opposed to rookies starting without a preseason for the Panthers. Um, I think Ruggs looks legit, but yeah, I think the I think the the, the Raiders can keep things saucy for for a half maybe, but I think New Orleans pull away in the uh in the second half. This isn't my favorite play of the week, but I like New Orleans minus five and a half. I, I think I have them six and a half point favorites, so it's a slight edge towards uh New Orleans. Yeah, look, I, I hear what you're saying about the, the signs of ageing with Breeze, but I, th- I think, you know, once again, week one, we, we know the Saints are, every year, they're slow starters. We know that Breeze is old. It's probably an understatement. Um, and, and, you know, they're up against a, a pretty good defence, like we said earlier. So I'm not I'm not going to put too much stock in, into a week one performance, especially with a, guys like, a, a guy like Drew Breeze, who is, you know, just a legend. Um, and, and, you know, if... If he'd had another Super Bowl ring, then he's in the conversation for, for greatest of all time. So, you know, it, it's a tough one, but I, I'm, I'm putting my chips in with, with Breeze. Uh, but this is the type of game uh, away from home where the, the Saints defense takes charge, especially without Michael Thomas. Like you said, the, the, uh, I like the Raiders to improve this year, but I don't think they're going to be any match for, for New Orleans, who, who's just quality on every single line. We, we speak about it every week. The, the Raiders yep. are a bottom seven in terms of both DVOA offense and defense, uh, and, and they played the, the Panthers last week. So it's you know, I, I can't see that changing in any in any kind of meaningful way. This week, uh, I really feel like the Saints win by more than a touchdown. I think they keep the score down. Uh, I like the Saints at the line. I, I like the under forty nine and a half. Uh, I'll probably have a play on the double again. But Ronald Jones had sixty six yards on seventeen carries against the Saints last week. Josh Jakes is, is a much better running back, another contender for rushing title, um, Josh Jacobs. So I think he can be a, a, a bit of a handful for, for the Saints. So look for him again in player props in fantasy. Um, 81 yards, rushing $1.88, I think is fairly solid. I think I think we'll see him average probably you know, close to 100, if not 110, 115 on the season. So, yeah, I, and, and I don't mind that Kamara 10 plus at 11. That's, uh, that's juicy. Yeah, I, it was weird because nine plus was five dollars, and then ten plus jumped up to eleven. So and without Michael uh, Thomas, like there's 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 six 10, to 12, ten targets. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot to go around, and it's not going all Emmanuel Sanders and, and Trey Kyle Smith's way. So um, it could be some no name that emerges and, and gets funneled for like six targets and and goes we'll off. Taysom Hill. Yeah, could be. I'll take that. But um, what I liked is Josh Jacobs' usage in the passing game. He had four mm. catches for 46 yards. He he didn't really have stat lines a, a lot like that last season. So I wonder if it's here to stay. Um, and with if that's the case, is, is it is it rugs down the field helping sort of spread out 
Yeah, um, well, I think it's one of the wide one of those, you know, the preseason weaknesses that we talked about was the the depth in terms of the the passing game and the the receiving game in in Vegas. Um, yeah. But if if Josh Jacobs can add that to his arsenal, then that's a massive win for for the Raiders. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, he kind of wasn't known for for being sort of a receiving back. I, I think he actually, yeah, that's a that's a career high. Uh, mm. Four catches for forty six yards is his biggest ever receiving yards in a game and his most catches in a game. So he's did that, he's done that in one game. Um, so I don't know if that's just a, a matchup thing against the Panthers that might be anonymously, but. Um, and I struggle to say that word, I know, but... Um, <laughs> well, they just don't have that yeah. much depth. Like, yeah, when, when a rookie's yeah, exactly. your number one wideout, then you're in, you're in a bit of trouble, so... Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Tyrell Williams hurt, but yeah. Mm. All right, so lock of the week this week, Cincinnati plus six and a half, and I guess by default, uh, the, the next one's New Orleans minus five and a half is the only one we're kind of on the same page about this mm. week. Not that we're in, in kind of going head-to-head on too many plays, um, this week, but there's just some that I prefer to pass, and and others I play that you've passed on. Yep. So just to recap, we're kind of we bookend the up? bookend the week Thursday night, yeah. Sunday, Thursday night, Monday yeah, night. Exactly. Yeah. Enjoy all the all the hits and misses in between. Uh, Cincinnati plus six and a half, and New Orleans minus five and a half locks of the week. My best bet: Cincy plus six and a half, New York Giants um, plus five and a half, and over forty seven and a half in the Tampa Bay. Uh, Carolina game. My long shots this week, five bucks. We're just doing $20 a week for this just to kind of monetize it a little bit better as opposed to record because we were taking a lot different prices last week, uh, last year, which kind of made things a little bit more confusing. Uh, although Nick's run was still unbelievable. Uh, $5 on Alvin Kamara at 11s for 10 plus receptions, $10 on Marquise Brown, 100 plus receiving yards at four bucks. And then I got five dollars on Mike Evans anytime touchdown and a hundred yards plus at price to be determined. But they're my best bets and long shots. Nick, finish the show. Give us your best bets and long shots. Yeah, best bets as as we said, lock of the week. Cincy plus six and a half. Uh, bet of the week. Um, yep. David Johnson fifty six plus rushing yards. That's really low as as we touched on before. And I like all of those kind of scaling all the way up to to kind of ninety six to to hundred. Uh, yep. And New Orleans minus five and a half is, is my second best kind of game line. Yep. Um, the two, uh, three long shots. I've gone five bucks on AJ Green first touchdown score at fourteen fifty. Gone ten bucks on the price. double. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, yeah. I like it. Let's like just it. round it up to fifteen. All right, fifteen <laughs> bucks it is. Fifteen yeah. bucks it is. Um, if you shop around, I haven't shopped around actually, so you probably can yeah. get that somewhere. But um, yeah. ten bucks on the Bills. Double, so Bills minus six and under 41 at $3.60. Uh, yeah, again, like you said, we'll probably need to get Dr. Daryl Data on one one week to talk about the correlation, but, yeah, I'm yeah. not too fast. <laughs> um, and uh, and $5 on Lamar Jackson, 300-plus passing yards at $4.30. All righty. Uh, yeah, that wraps up the show, I think. We're all on, we're all on the same page there with Cincy and New Orleans this week, so... Um, that wraps up week two's uh, punt return podcast. Um, have a good weekend. Enjoy all the uh, all the sporting action, US Open, NBA, uh, conference finals, and the like, all starting and kicking off. And uh, we'll be back next week to to recap week two and and talk through uh, week three. And one last reminder: check out the the Dane Roy episode two podcast on Sportscaster and uh, enjoy that one. Peace.